Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. Newcastle head down at Bournemouth on Saturday evening for 5.30 kickoff in front of the Sky Cameras yet again. I'm joined by John Gibson to look ahead to that game. John, it's good news for Newcastle United fans at home, um, but the point has to be said, Newcastle United are nearly always on the TV. It's it, you know, it's like the TV companies know they're going to get a good show from the Magpies. Well, uh, I, when you think of the run we've had, there's not a side that's lost only one game this season in the Premier League. Newcastle are the only side. Uh, all of a sudden, we've been discovered as a top four side, and uh, we're literally on, aren't we? We're on against West Ham, one against Bournemouth, one against Liverpool, one in the Carabao Cup final, and one against Manchester City. All, all the next what? Five games or whatever it is, all on telly and all with these peculiar kickoff times as a consequence. All five thirty, four thirty the 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 cup, and the twelve thirty one with Man City, I think. Um, but yes, have suddenly discovered that the Jordies are back, and yeah, and yeah, they're not with... quite entertaining like the entertainers themselves. The next time there'll be a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday afternoon, it'll be a moment to save. I won't say a good old traditional three o'clock kickoff. Well, um, or it'll be sadly a recognition that Newcastle are out of the running by everything. But they will revert back for three because uh, there's no more cups, of course, after a couple of weeks' time. But there's an awful lot in the league. And we'll revert back to a Saturday at three o'clock only if we're about. Seventh highest in the league, so I'm quite happy to put up with the dodgy Titans because it it means we're successful, and it means a lot of people get to watch Newcastle on telly when maybe they can't get to the stadium. And of course, all the games are covered live on ChroniclLive.co.uk through our live blog. As you mentioned there, John Newcastle face Bournemouth on Saturday. I've yeah. put this in the bracket as I did the same bracket as the West Ham game, a game that if you're chasing top four football. You need to be winning, don't you? Oh, without a shadow of doubt. I mean, we are. It sounds as if you've been... I almost find myself uncomfortable saying it because I found it sounds as if you've been gloomy when you're actually in the top four. But, um, you know, we've got to start turning draws into wins because we're having... If we're going to stay in the top four uh, because we've been having too many draws and there's a big difference over a period of time between... Small steps, one point a game, and large steps, three points a game. It off changes. I mean, it's not so long ago we were clear of Manchester United in third, 
And now we're looking over our shoulder and trying to hold off Spurs and not go fifth. And all of which is still wonderful because we've had an amazing season. But one one point a game, that's what it does to you. you suddenly gaps are, don't exist anymore. And Spurs winning against Man City, which might have been a surprise to hope our people like look regular results are. Was the Philippine City at Tottenham uh, on the bounce, and they've never uh, Man City have never scored a goal. I mean, that's incredible. And um, and yet Man City lose at Spurs, and Newcastle won at Spurs. So all of a sudden they're right breathing down our necks. Which means going back to what you originally said, it's yet again a must win. Only this time the must win as opposed to draw. Yeah, I know what they've drawn for the last five. And Eddie Howe was asked about it after the West Ham game and said, you know, is it a cause for concern? And he, he said something along the lines of it, it depends how you look at it. You know, from a positive point of view, you know, we maybe have lost that game last season. Uh, sorry, yeah, and and they didn't do this season. I guess that is one of the positives you take away from it, isn't it, John? That they're, they're not losing. They don't look like conceding too many goals. And it's a sign of how far they've come because... Probably last season they would have lost this game. It does, and you you can't expect it. You would expect the manager to say, "Well, no, it's not a time to panic." If he suddenly said, "Oh yes, uh, it's very disappointing. We're awful. We're decimated. We're on a bad road. Would be good, cobble." Uh, but facts are still facts, and you know more points need to be gathered. And what I'm fearful of. Uh, you know, when we look as if we're not going to score a lot of goals. And by the way, haven't we had two great starts? Was it Southampton and we Here, we scored two goals in the first five minutes. The first one was rightly joked off, of course, because the ball was over the right when Aaron crossed. But it was a wonderful drag back and finish nonetheless. And But we get off to a flyer. Callum Wilson scores, which is a huge relief, etc., but would we'll go on and blow, you know, and we may well have the best defence in the in the Premier League, and we have twelve goals conceded in twenty one games. Nobody's near that. That's brilliant. But you know what happens when you're not scoring? The pressure on your defence mentally, not physically, mentally, is huge because they know. They've only got to make one mistake and two points are down the drain. Or if it's not not at the time, three points can be down the drain. But they've only got to make one mistake. As good a defence as they are, one mistake is... When we aren't scoring goals, one mistake is hugely costly. And that is a big strain on a defence. And, and that concerns me from a defender's point of view. Because they're going into every game and they're under pressure for 90 minutes. Unless we are two up or three up, that's the way it is, and they're under pressure for 90 minutes, and it, it's a tough ask. So not only are the strikers affected, i.e. they're not scoring, but the defenders are affected because they have to not make a solitary single slick the whole of the match, like their goal, we didn't mark up well on a corner, they scored the back post, and made one mistake, Two points have gone, and and that's a pressure the the back lads and Pope are under, which is uh, it's tough. Yeah, Bournemouth coming to this game having conceded the most 
in the Premier League. And, and yeah. while Newcastle United don't look like they're going to score too many goals, you would hope Callum Wilson getting back on the score sheet against West Ham will give him a big boost. Isaac back in the squad. Anthony Gordon potentially starting. I mean, I'll get your views on that in a moment. Um, you know, you, you, you would think and hope that Newcastle's poor run of goals of late um, will be forgotten about come Saturday tea time and, and fingers crossed you'll be forgotten about if they may well forget about it by doing something about it and starting to score and the point I'm making is we can look at it in midweek and say with a defence like we've got well okay whether we're scoring or not we've got the basis for a draw straight away and we want one bit of luck up front and we've won one nil. but I've just been telling you the other side of the coin the back four plus the keeper are an immense pressure. They go down there and they know they've got to block off any side for an hour and a half. And that, yes, Bournemouth haven't been scored. Uh, but they've got to block off any side for an hour and a half because if they make one slip, it might mean we don't get three points. When you say block off, does that mean you're expecting Bournemouth to throw everything at Newcastle? or Sorry, is that expecting Bournemouth to... Just, just throw everything in Newcastle and Newcastle a bit more control in the middle of the park. No, sometimes, you know, it's harder. If we are playing and controlling it a bit in the middle of the park but missing chances up front, it can be harder for concentration for a back four in front of Pope to keep their concentration. Pope is wonderfully good at that, by the way, isn't he? He, keeps, he can have nothing to do in a match and then one, you know, super shot and he produces a world he was saved. Because he is great at keeping his his um, his concentration. Yes, our defence. Do not get me wrong. Our defence is giving me great great hope every match that we play. I'm just trying to be part of the defenders' union and say, look, guys, let's feel sorry for them. Let's realise that during this sticky run without goals, and it could well end at Bournemouth. You know, it just takes one match and you get three in that game and you're up and cooking again. But the, the back four, it puts pressure on the back four because they realise one slip couldn't be so costly. If you're 2-0 up or 3-0 up, one slip is unlikely to be costly. It might end in a goal against you, but unlikely to cost you points. But if it's tight, it will cost you points. When you say costly are you looking at that because Newcastle haven't been brilliant in front of goal they've been they've been wasteful they've not been creating too many yeah chances. I mean all of the draws we've been getting it, 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 I mean we had about three in the draw no no draws weren't it and then we had the one one with the with West Ham but we've been drawn a lot no not and while that's a good result at Arsenal it's not when you're home to Leeds and who are it and and the, the the pressure we can dom we could dominate possession, dominate corners, the number of corner kicks, dominate quite a few things, but still come out with just a point or with a one goal defeat. I'm not talking particularly about Bournemouth. I'm talking about at any time, and um, because of the pressure that's on the back four, let us hope. And I mean, we've got two matches uh, away to Bournemouth and at home to Liverpool. If we can get our goals going back, the defenders will still be okay. They just want a bit of mental relief, um, if not worrying obsessively about making a single mistake. If we can get back scoring, not only will it put points on the board for um, the Champions League, but it'll put us in fine fettle to go to Wembley. 
Yeah, so I'm looking forward to get back on scoring and relieving the pressure. We have done exceptionally well this season. We're fourth top in February and going to a cup final in a couple of weeks' time. That is absolutely wonderful. But what I don't want to see happen is it to be slightly blown because we've stopped knowing how to score goals. And therefore, I'm looking in these two games for us to start scoring goals again, which means getting points and getting in, in fine fettle for going to Wembley. I suppose this is the million-pound question, isn't it, John? Why have the goals dried up? Because you look back at some of the games, and yes, some of the games didn't create too too many chances. The opposition defended well. Other yeah. games, you know, Newcastle have been just downright wasteful with their chances. I suppose it's a bit of both, isn't it? Uh, a bit of all elements, a lot of creativity, missing sit as defenders doing the job for the opposition. But uh, what is the reason you think, and how does Eddie Howe go about solving it? Well, yeah, how you go about solving it is a difficulty, and uh, that's the job of the bloke just behind you. And without without a shadow of doubt, yes, there he is, Eddie, in whom we believe and trust. Let him, he, it's his job to solve it. I mean, the simple answer, and there's no simple answer, it's a multitude of things, is that our top two goal scorers who couldn't stop scoring at the back end of last year, Almeron with nine and Wilson with six before West Ham, uh, have suddenly stopped scoring. He'd gone, Wilson had gone 10 games without scoring, Almeron's gone seven and a half now, and they've stopped scoring and they couldn't stop scoring to begin with. So when you haven't got a regular goal scorer, a regular finish, a finisher, you suffer. Now, I think that the mental pressure of battling continuously at the top of the table is something totally new to these players, outside of Trippier, who won La Liga with Atletico Madrid. I mean, these lads have been used to battling at the bottom, or the newcomers, of not having the pressure of a Premier League week after week after week after week. Not only must we not lose, but we must win. And that is a new sort of pressure, and that is a mental pressure that makes you mentally tired. And we've gone same team, same team, same team, same team, haven't we, until Bruno forced us to have a change, and we kept that to one, personnel-wise. And I think these guys have been under a huge amount of mental pressure, which they will get used to and get back hardened against. We have not got a great squad and depth to be able to do something about it. Um, although it's going to be fascinating with Gordon and Isaac there, do you go unchanged again at Bournemouth, Eddie? Or do you bring in Isaac and uh, Gordon and try to freshen it up? But we're not scoring. That's the first thing. And by the way, have you uh, you haven't resigned from that Admiral fan club now that he's reverted to nature, my young sir, have you? Not yet, not yet. He's going to get a few more goals. Although, David... Is he, uh, is he, are you promising me that and promised Meddy that? Do you know what? Promising all the fans that? When Miguel Mead scores... That. By the way, if he does that, you know you just said, what's the answer to the problem? Well, if, if Mickey does what you say, that's the answer to the problem. If he starts scoring like the first half of the season, that's the answer to the problem. 
when he scores in that uh, EFL Cup final, brings the cup home to Tyneside, then we'll have another chat. Um, yes, and we will have another chat when he doesn't score at Bournemouth, doesn't score against Liverpool, and doesn't score in the cup final. Come on, where's the positivity, John? He's going to score in all three games. Um, David, though, says he has ripped up his application to the Mimi fan club, so um, he's with you, uh, John, on that one. Um, I suppose when we talk about the solution to the goals, you know, a lot of the players in Newcastle have at the moment are confidence players. You know, Almiron is one of those confidence players. Wilson, St. Max, you know, they need form behind them. They need their spirits, you know, at the highest possible point. And that will also play a massive factor into them getting goals, getting back and forth and maintaining form and helping Newcastle maintain the place in the top four. Yeah, yeah, I think there's absolutely no question about it. Let's not be too harsh on these boys, by the way. They've still only lost one in 21. They've still got the best uh, Premier League defence anyway. They, they've still set a record going back to 2004, I think it is, for the number of away games unbeaten on the trot, something like seven, I think. Um, so, you know, they're still there and cooking. It's just now, while we were out on the highway, standing alone, um, Man United have, have sneaked off, and if they get the result against Leeds this evening, that, you know, another three points, that would put some fresh air between us and them. But as I said on this podcast, I think last week and the week before, Andrew, I've always been concerned about the fifth position, not the third position. And because if we finish in the top four, we're cooking on gas, we're in the Champions League. So I've always looked at the fifth position. That's changed with Spurs beating Man City. Um, and therefore, we've the best way of holding these people off is returning the winning ways. And while it's easier said than done, that you can make a case out why we can get six points before we go to Wembley. Bournemouth's our second bottom. In Liverpool, are in absolute disarray. Have you ever seen a club fall so far off a mountaintop? I mean, last season, they played in all four competitions, right at the death, at the top. They won the FA Cup and the League Cup. They finished second in the Premier League, um, only losing out to Man City on a point. And they played in the, in the Champions League final against Real Madrid, which they lost 1-0. They played in successfully in all four competitions. Look at them now. So that we've got a real chance of revenge there. We could win the next two games, but it's a big could. But yes, we could win the next two games. They are winnable. I mean, just looking briefly ahead to that local game, St James Park is going to be absolutely rocking. What a what a part of playing that game the fans will have. But we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, what I want to do is just dive in a few of the comments. We've got loads of questions coming in live, which is really great to see. So, Sean says here, even if Miggy doesn't score, he gets the ball in the box. And as long as there's someone in the box, then Miggy is a must for me every time, even though he isn't scoring goals. Um, we have uh, Ed saying, Wilson is up live, look, though. So, when we've been saying that, he's not as well. Where have we got, Nick? Oh, are you still there, John? No, we've lost you. We lost you after in here, you were told. Are we back now? You are back now, my friend. Rand, yeah, sorry, that's the the curse of doing it live. Yeah, I was just reading out there Sean's comment on 
on uh, Almir Ronnie says, if he... Yeah, I saw it on the bottom of the screen, yes. Yeah, yeah. and then Ed says Wilson's not lively, even though he's not been scoring goals. Uh, whilst have we got? Sean says, why not put Isaac McCallum on? It's a risk. Um, but Isaac looks like a proven goal scorer every time he plays. That is probably one of the, the big talking points, isn't it, John? Does Eddie Howe risk playing Isaac and Wilson together? He had alluded to it before the transfer, and that might be something they do when Isaac gets back to full fit. Yes, it, it, it would depend, Andrew, on how you use Isaac. Um, because he, um, I think he can play the orthodox way. I think he could play on either side of Wilson in the way that Joe Linton and Almiron has. I think he could play. They're not really wingers to come inside the play of them, don't they, etc., etc. But I think he could play that way. Or you could decide to put him closer to Wilson, play him just off Wilson's shoulder. And that was what Eddie was talking about when he said, we might do it, it would mean a little chip. But I think, for example... He could come in at Bournemouth, either in place of Miggy or in place of San Maximum, and play orthodox the way they do. And and may I say, I don't think for one minute, Andrew, Newcastle spent a club record £60 million to only have a cover centre-forward for when uh, Callum Wilson's injured. You wouldn't spend 60 million and you, a, a club record by some distance by the way a club record you wouldn't spend that for them to sit on the bench and beat the regular uh, reserve number nine the Wilson he's got to get in the team and he's proved that he scores goals and makes them when he is in the team the little we've seen of him um, so you've got to give him a chance at something. Also, you're going to have a very depressed Isaac if you don't. You've got to give him a, some, a chance at something. And you must play Gordon at Bournemouth because he come on and what terrific feat in quickness of thought and vision. He, he was a breath of fresh air when he came on. Uh, so I would start Gordon down there for a certainty. And how long are you going to wait for Isaac to start a game? It's difficult for the lad, and he is a £60 million player. Mm. Well, I would have started him had he been available uh, against West Ham. But given the fact that Callum Wilson actually scored against West Ham, even with Isaac back and fit and revving a go, I can't see him. No, he's not, going to, he's not going to get rid of Wilson out the team this Saturday because not only has he scored at long last, but he's going back to Bournemouth. With Eddie, they both come from Bournemouth. He ain't going to drop him. But how about dropping Almeiren and playing Isaac in that position and Gordon on the other side? So that causes nothing to the tongue in the cheek at you, of course. I know, I know how you work, John. But I, um, I... Isaac's got to come back in the side, do you not think? Forget whether it's Bournemouth or Liverpool. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But I, I think... Start. I think he showed in the, the, the appearances against Southampton in the Cup that he's definitely a first-team player. But I just wonder whether the fact they've only got two recognised strikers to get them to the end of the season will also play a factor. Uh, you would love to play them both. You know, I think it would work. I, I no, no doubt it would work. But I just wonder whether that does play a part in, in, in why Eddie Howe might not do it just because if you lose what If Newcastle continued to not score goals... What's the point of having the £60 million man sitting on the bench and coming on for the last 
quarter of an hour or 20 minutes. You see the you black know, form? I could, I could think long term that was the case going forward. I could see him potentially coming in for Wilson. I know there was technicals uh, for the, the, the Southampton game to start Isaac. Um, and again, I would have started against West Ham had he been fit. I, I think long term, Newcastle struggled to score goals. You know, you know what, Aslo? The game against West Ham got off to a sensational start. And um, Amirin got the ball across. Willock showed terrific feet, stuck it away. Nobody was to know at that moment that it was minimally out already had crossed the line. It had, and the goal was rightly chalked off, but it was still a well-constructed goal. We went straight down, great ball from Sean Langstaff, and Wilson scored, and with a terrific centre-forwards finish. So we're off to the best start possible. In the rest of the game, that's 85 minutes, we didn't look like scoring a lot of goals. Wilson missed two saves. He missed, remember the sitter when he when Gordon played him in, in the same sort of position from where he scored, and he was swallowed up by the covering defender who got it out for a corner. And then remember when he got three on a header and headed it straight at the keeper when if it had been either side of the keeper, it was a goal. So when I'm saying that Isaac might give us an option to get back to scoring goals, it's not as though having scored twice in the first five minutes, one of which counted against West Ham, we'd gone on to pepper them and win 3-1 or whatever. We didn't look like scoring for the rest of the ball, so that problem's still there. And maybe Isaac will solve it. Maybe Gordon coming in with the freshness he's got will help to solve it. Um, and I think he will help to solve it. And I would certainly the easy selection, Andrew, for me, is that you play Gordon for some maximum because he didn't take the opportunity to, uh, you know, that first start for Youngs in the league. And he didn't take the opportunity to stamp his mark on, on the game at all. Um, so I could see Gordon coming in for some maximum on Saturday. Uh, and then, you're absolutely right, there's no chance, and I've said this in copy when I've been saying Isaac can be an answer, that there's no chance of Isaac replacing Wilson for this particular game. Wilson having scored in the last one and going back to Bournemouth. No chance of him played nine. It's whether he, he, he's still put in the side just to brighten it up a little bit, or did he start? Mm, yeah, uh, I could see Gordon starting. I thought he did really well in the, the, the 20 odd minutes he had. He looked sharp, wanted the ball forward. As you say, very nearly set Callum Wilson up for, for what would have been the winner. A lot of people actually, John, agreeing with you in the comments saying, uh, why don't we, we rest Miggy? Because. Uh, well, yes, I, yes, I, I meant that I would play, I personally would play Isaac, Wilson and Gordon for this game. And we know that it's going to change back. Miggy will play at Wembley because he's earned that right. And, and Gordon cannot play at Wembley, so somebody else has got to play there. But our need is now. Our need to get goals is now. And I'll tell you what, we're not scoring goals and we've got two forwards who cost us a hundred million pound. Isaac at 60 and Gordon at 40. A hundred million pound. We don't score goals and we'll not start them. Sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? 
Mm, sounds like you might have the solution there. Steve says, do you think Eddie has been a bit stubborn with his selections? Surely it's time to bring on some fresh legs, i.e. Isaac and Gordon, and not to drop players, but just to give hard-working players a rest. Yes, I think, I, I do think. You see, we have played the same team, same team, same team, same team. The, the mental problem, I, I don't think that produces a physical problem because we're not playing too many matches. We've only played in one cup in, 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 in the Premier League. It's the mental pressure of playing at the top of the table. In a way, it's a different pressure from playing at the bottom because, you know, when you play at the bottom, Andrew, and you lose, so does everybody around you because bottom teams lose all the time. So you're all losing down there. But you play at the top, you get a draw, and suddenly you're getting swallowed up because everybody's winning at the top end. There's a lot of mental pressure. And we have gone with the same old, same old, same old, same old. And, and I just think, I watched when the last couple of games, Andrew, and in my humble opinion, and I'm not mean, I'm, we've looked leggy. We've looked leggy. We look as though we need a fresh lick of paint. And if you've got a hundred million pounds worth of two players on the sideline, wouldn't you think, well, let's give them... I'm not trying to tell Eddie how to do his job, and Eddie's done brilliantly for us. Absolutely brilliantly for us. But I do think that if you've got a hundred million, which is what these two cost, and by the way, the current owners paid the hundred million, I would be saying to Eddie, there's no chance that you might give these lads a, a little run-out at some stage, my friend, is it? I think, I think what comes into his momentum, though, as well, we know that and he likes to keep that same side and try and build that momentum with the cup final. Yeah, right, yeah, Andrew, but do you not think we're losing the momentum? That yeah. very thing we're talking about is what we haven't got now. We had a momentum where we must have won six, seven games on the trot a little while back. That is momentum. Drawing five out the last six, three nil-nils in a one-one, that's not momentum. That's losing momentum. There's a word in front of the word momentum, and it's losing momentum. Not losing games, losing momentum. And I'm, I'm not, I'm very, very anxious not to appear to be having a go because this is a, a wonderful, this squad, thin as it is, has produced wonderful results. Eddie and his coaching staff has somehow created something quite, quite magnificent. And we're in a cup final. But I don't want to lose momentum for the Champions League and I don't want to lose momentum with the cup final only two weeks off and Manchester United going like rats up a drain pipe. I want us to regain our momentum. And I'm, I feel at the moment we're leggy and we need some help. And I just think two new faces, Gordon and Isaac, and how much money they cost us, already they must be begging to play. I mean, Isaac must be begging to play. Gordon won't. He's just arrived and he got on last week. But I, I think he thoroughly deserves a start ahead of Maxi. And I know that he can't play in the cup final, uh, Gordon. But, hey, these aren't just warm-up games for the cup final. These are games to put us in the Champions League. Uh, Ian says, Gibbo speaks complete sense. We need to start or rotate as the current team without Bruno seem to be struggling to break teams down. Ian Gibble will slip that £20 in the post to you later on. Yeah, yeah. And we've got a few people talking about Alice at Maxburn, and I said on Monday's show that I'd be 
I was bitterly disappointed. I'd be surprised if he's still here um, come next season. Well, remember I said to you that um, I think somebody's been in his ear. I said to you in last week's podcast, remember, Andrew? Mm. Uh, and his body, everything about uh, about Maxi, his body language tells me that I will be staggered if you see it come over. Well, reports certainly um, confirm that, or, or claim at least, that there were talks held between uh, Ace Milan and, and, um, and some maximum Newcastle to see if a deal could be done. You can see that story on our website. But a lot of people actually join in defence of of Maxi. Uh, Dan says, so Maxi gets one match and now he gets dropped. It's a little bit harsh. Other people saying that Maxi needs a, a run of games to get back on to to uh, back in the form. What do you make of that? Do you, do you give to Max? I didn't, for, I didn't follow the theory. It's perfect. The, the theory is absolutely correct. You need a run of games. To, but he doesn't look to me a happy bunny. I used that phrase last week. When he's come on as sub, he hasn't, you know, when you watched him against Manchester City, he was almost bursting out of his britches. He was that full of life, wasn't he? And, and full, full of let me get at him with Kyle Walker. Plays for England, plays for Man City. Forget him, I'll tell him the shit. And he did. Then um, I just feel all is not right with this man. I I am convinced of that. I'm convinced that he probably thinks that he's, he's, he hasn't been too fairly done to and he should have had more starts, etc., etc. But let's forget temporarily about the League Cup final coming up. Where do you think Gordon's going to play? Gordon's going to play in St. Maximum's position. And if St. Maximum doesn't do something about it, like if he if he ripped up West Hartman with 1-2-1, he'd be first on the team sheet for, for Bournemouth because Bruno's still out, and he rips him up again, then he can knock on the door and say, hey, Gaffer, I think I should play at Wembley. Now... What's he say about going under the under the bench if he was on the bench on Saturday? It it is tough. It is harsh on him, but it's harsh on on Gordon if you played the way he played when he come on and you don't get a start. It's harsh on Isaac that he's never getting a start. Yeah, I totally get where you come from. And a lot of people as well, John, talk about Joe Willick and whether it's time to give him a rest. I is it. Are we are we at risk? It's slipping into a kind of um, lull of the season where because Newcastle are winning as many games as they were earlier in the season and they're playing out these draws that you know players end up becoming maybe you know scapegoats. I know people will say, "Well, you've been on Max's back for a long time," um, but you know, do we just have to kind of take a step back and? and Reevaluate just how far Newcastle United have come, or is it right that we're looking at individuals and saying, "Well, after they're both, not performing well, they need to get out of the side." I think both of those things are right, Andrew, and it's very difficult to strike a balance. Newcastle United, right now, as we sit here, are suffering by punching above their weight. We are only concerned because, against all odds, we were third top of the Premier League. In January, third top, having last season had a fight of relegation battle, Newcastle are victims of their own success. They're bound to be. If they had stood about 7-7-7-7 and then had a run 
it, with all these draws and there were sevens and, and then certainly yeah, they won towards the end of the season and got up the fifth or fourth. But it would be sensational. But once what these lads will learn, it Eddie will learn because it's the first time Eddie's been at this end of the Premier League, mind. Of course it is. He was at Bournemouth, for goodness sake. And he worked wonders there, but he wasn't going to be going for the Champions League at Bournemouth. But so it, it, it's new to him as well. What these guys are about to find out, that this is what life's going to be like, because this is what life is like at the top. When you're in the top four, when you're going to cup finals, life's pressure like this. And when you do get a few doors, People will be saying, These, this is not good enough, mind. Let's get it get back to winning ways. That, the the way you judged. I mean, we used to be able to limbo dance under the toilet door, didn't we? We didn't have to open it. We were lowering the snake's belly when, in the Ashley years. Now, we're looking at it the other way. It is tough, but that's the way it's going to be. And that's the way it'll be next season. When when we'll be if we get in the Champions League, we'll we'll be expecting to get in the, in the Champions League the following season, and we'll be and if we don't win the cup final, we'll we'll be expecting to win a cup final next season if we do win a cup final, because that is what Newcastle hope to become. They hope to become what Liverpool have been, what Manchester City have been, what Arsenal are going back to being this season. It it is tough. It is harsh to judge them, but if you're going to reside up there, you're going to be judged by standards of being up there. You can't, you know, you can't live third top and then play six successive doors and go down to seven and still say that's terrific. It is. And wherever Newcastle finish this season, I'll be the first to say at the end of the season, thank you so much for this season. It's been terrific. I have totally enjoyed it. We've got our pride back and our dignity back, wherever we finish. But that shouldn't stop us wanting to finish as high as we can. That shouldn't. We shouldn't be grateful because we're at Wembley. We should say, wait, Wembley, but we've been here before. It's about time we won it, Wembley. And, and you know, you know what the, the definition of failure is? Acceptance. Accepting that you've got to the finals, so anything after that's a bonus. Accepting that having been third top of the league, anything after that's a bonus. That that is the real concern. That you, when you hit this end, you've got to keep the foot on the accelerator, and that's all we're doing. We're keeping my foot on the accelerator. Why? Because it's our club, and we care about it, and we're so proud of it, and we want something tangible to happen. Yeah, one hundred percent. I guess that the, the, the criticism and attention and the scrutiny comes with playing for, for Newcastle United and even more so when they're right high at the top of the league. Um, so more on Max then, because you know, Max really is the big talking point. Oh, indeed. Truel's, oh, um, of course. Truel says, Max hasn't got a full game since the autumn. He needs to start Saturday and last match. There was loads of players off the pace, so don't blame him for that. And then Ian comes in and says, Max struggles with Big Dan behind him as he gets swamped due to no overlap. Maxi is much better with target behind him. And then that's something that Darren agrees with as well and says St. Maximum seems to play better with target and left back. Now, target's obviously been out with injury. He's back in training. We expect him to be um, available and, and pushing down burn in the not-too-distant future. What, what do you make of those claims there by by Darren and, and, and Truls and Ian? When 
Dan Byrne and Matt Target are both as fit as one another. Is it a case that it's Matt Target's place or has Dan Byrne done enough? And do, do you pick the left back in terms of the left back position or do you pick the left back in terms of will it benefit the person playing in front of you? Well, these days you've got to, you've got to work in tandem. I mean, uh, when your mate who was scoring all his goals, Miggy, I mean, one of the reasons for that is that he's got Kieran Trippier behind him. Um, you know, that, that has been a very successful partnership for Newcastle United, Trippier and Miggy. And yes, I would think that Maxi will have something to say about that. Maxi will always divide opinion. He'll always have supporters because he's so exciting. And he always have detractors because he mightn't chase back or he might go to ground too easy or he mightn't score enough goals. So you're going to get both of those things with him. And it's very hard to say that you can only have one start and then he'll go out. But I was so disappointed with what he did with that start. You know, I mean, he didn't look wildly enthusiastic to me, uh, Andrew. You know, he didn't look as if he was bursting a gut and it just wasn't coming off from him. He just looked almost lethargic, you know, in his mind as well as in his body. And I don't think he did. And when he's gone on as a sub, he hasn't ripped the place up. To he, Nobody's got a place by divine right. They've got to earn it. And, the, and people that are not in the team, and no doubt Isaac's been told this by Eddie, people that are not in the and no doubt Maxie's been told it in the recent weeks, you've got to, when you go on as a sub, you've got to show to me, and you can say Isaac's done this recently because he scored one when he went on as a sub, didn't he? And then he made he made another one when he went on as a sub. So it, he's tried to influence how into getting a stop. Maxie hasn't quite managed it. I mean, if you remember Maxie at his, ba- at his best, and I, by the way, I, I beat the gong this season by saying the best individual display I've seen in the black and white shirt, arguably, is some maximum against Man City. I mean, he, he was sensational, but you've got to earn the right. And I noticed one of the, what one of the lads was saying is absolutely correct. Sam Maxman can't carry the can for not beating West Ham because there was loads of people but they, they, they had an off day. But some would say those people are regular first-teamers and have earned the right to have an occasional off day. If you've just come in the side, even if it doesn't happen for you, you've got to look as if you're trying to make it happen. I didn't get the feeling Maxi was trying to make too much happen. I don't think he wasn't trying. I just meant you found life tough and accepted it was tough. Yeah, but I mean, just just on 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 being at target, if both are fit. Who are you picking? I, I mean, I'm not talking about this. But I mean, target. Target is a proper left back by uh, design and by career, and Burn is a proper centre half, and so it is different. And if if Dan's going to have something wrong with him, it, it is going to be that he's not silky skilled going forward. The way Trippier looks, um, and and the way Target can look on a on a good day. I mean, Newcastle need everybody fit, and they need the, the full squad because the squad is so thin at the moment. Yes, we might have Isaac in in Gordon for certain positions, but in other positions, what have we got in midfield? People might, some people might think Joe Willett need, deserves to be dropped. 
But how can he be dropped at the moment with Bud out? In, unless you're going to risk Elliot Anderson in there. How can he be dropped at the moment? So, you know, we're dreadfully short in, in, in midfield. And you can't say it's our own fault. We didn't sign a midfield player and we let Shelby go. You can't say it's our own fault. Um, but we're desperately short in, in, in midfield and we're desperately short at at fullback um, with both Kraft and Target, long-term injuries. And uh, that's why we went and got the West Ham kid, of course, for right back. Um, yeah, plenty of support here for, for the target, though. You know, uh, Trill saying target is the better left back, in, in their opinion. Darren Lee says having target back on the side would be like a new sighting. I mean, it would be harsh on Dan Burton, but I suppose if you're judging from a football uh, point of view, which you imagine every decision is based this on. Is gonna, this is going to be after the cup final, though. We're yes. not going to get their target. But, you know, and therefore, Burton's got to play. Uh, in the next two games and the cup final, um, and really we've got to sort out what we're doing there. But 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 just the final point on this long term. I mean, until the end of the season, could uh, Matt Target's return to the start eleven be the key for Alan's maximum to rediscover his form, or do you think it's that simple? Alan Max and Alan's maximum is the key. Alan's maximum return to good form. Uh, let's not blame everybody that's around him. It will, else will make a case why Alan Sir Maximum should stay in the team and Dan Byrne should get dropped. Um, you know, the big key, the key to Alan Sir Maximum is Alan Sir Maximum. And by the way, the key to left back long term, if Newcastle are going to continue next season to play in the Champions League with any sort of limited success early on and then continue to be a top four team, you know what the answer is? is left back. A new left back. Yeah, Actually, Anderson. Um, people talk about Elliot Anderson, John. You mentioned him there. He came on against West Ham. Great to see. Didn't look out of place. Eddie Howe has said, you know, he could fit into that 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 void left by Bruno suspension. Bournemouth, you would you would think would be the perfect opportunity to to give him a, a game if you were going if you were going to you know throw him in a Premier League game, then throw him in to a game against the side who are bottom of the form table. Um, they've picked up four four points from the last 10 games, lost five of the last six. You know, call and keep a clean sheet. Saturday surely is the right time. If you're really, really keen on giving Ali Anderson a go, surely it's the right time to do so. It, there is that argument. There's the argument that Donham at home with 50,000 buying them in, in Liverpool. All Liverpool's failures are being put down to a great extent to their midfield, isn't it? So, you, you, you know, you, you could make a case out from playing then. I don't think we're going to see dear old Eddie there behind you who's never stopped smiling throughout all the conversation we've been having. Uh, I don't think, and he's a man who makes the littlest changes possible, um, you know, but we've said he's we've been unchanged since they put, uh, it seems like since I put Grey's Monument up, uh, apart from having to change the sides because of Bruno, I can't see him making three changes of Bournemouth, playing Elliot Anderson in midfield and playing Isaac and Gordon. And, you know, we'll be changing off the team shortly. Um, I, I do follow your thinking, um, but even when Bruno comes back, you know, we're not, it, it does release Joe Linton to play wide left if necessary. And, um, but 
and that could even be the, the answer in the cup final. The Joe Linton goes wide left and Bruno comes back on the side because Gordon, even if he scores two against Bournemouth and two against Liverpool, can't play in the cup final. And so that might be the answer. But he doesn't make a lot of changes, does Eddie? And I can't, I think Gordon's his first one. Then possibly Isaac and then possibly Elliot Anderson in that order for change. But he won't play all three at Bournemouth. There's n- that's a knocking back. Right. Well, let, let's do what we usually do. We'll do we'll do it two ways, okay? Let's run through the team that you would pick, and then we'll run through the team that we think Eddie Howe will pick. So I'm gonna just start. Uh Pope, Trippier, Cher, Botman, Dan Byrne. So this yep. is your war side. Yep. Um Willie. Joe Linton, Longstaff, yep. Paul, Gordon, Almiron, Wilson. No, Gordon, Isaac, Wilson. Gordon, Isaac, so Gordon. And, and that's not dropping Almiron, and I've yes. been having a bit of fun with you. That's wrestling. We'll need him in the cup final. Don't worry about that. I'm not uh, I'm not going down that road. But that is what I would do for this particular game. And Almiron's on the bench, by the way, if it doesn't make it, he can go. So I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I would do. I would I'd keep the back. I know what you wouldn't do, and that's playing Isaac for Almiron, but carry on. Well, you would do. I haven't got to that, that end of the field. Two seconds, John. Um, I would lead in, I'd bring in Anderson uh, for Willick and play Joel Linton and Longstaff. I would then play Gordon, and I would then play Almiron and Wilson. So, yeah, you're right. Well, the interesting thing is, is Eddie Howe, as you said, doesn't like to change teams. So... I'll be one hundred percent honest. I don't think he's going to change that side from West Ham. I think he, I think we'll see Maxi start. I don't think we'll see Isaac come in. I don't think we'll see Gordon come in. I don't think we'll see Anderson come in. I think it'll be unchanged. Well, that's, that it seems to be the word in in um, Eddie's dictionary that runs from page one to page seven hundred, unchanged. And I think you could be absolutely right. I think it'll be a and you can make a case out for not bringing in Elliot Anderson, and you can make a case out for not bringing in Isaac because you want to play Almiron at Wilson. But if you don't play Gordon, I think that is a huge missed opportunity. It's only a personal opinion. I can see him going unchanged. He goes unchanged, and they have a nurse. Uh, and, and, and that's often one of the reasons for going unchanged. But I would be hugely disappointed if Gordon doesn't start and up top, I, I would, I would be very disappointed, and I would think, by Jove, we need a result today to justify this. Sorry, we need a win today to justify this. It's going to be an interesting team, Shepard. So I think it will. It is. It is. Um, Bournemouth spent around fifty million in January. Uh, see, they've had a takeover. He seems to be under a bit of pressure, Gary O'Neill, even though obviously he's not going to admit that. But, you know, they haven't won since uh, since I think they're the beach before the World Cup. Uh, as we mentioned there, they're horrible on a form. Um, so, you know, if he loses against Newcastle, it, you know, it could cost him his, his job. Um, Newcastle, you know, they don't have anything to fear with Bournemouth. I know you're going to probably come back to me and say, well, it's a, it's a two-horse race and anything's possible. But as we've mentioned, Newcastle, without sounding arrogant, if you're serious about, let's say, just top six, oh, being bonus, uh, yeah, Andrew, yeah, absolutely, totally, not correct. 
it, this is the sort of side you put to the book if you're going to finish um, in Europe. If you're going to finish in Europe, you you put this side to the book. Um, Newcastle, have, you're right. Newcastle have got nothing to fear from Bournemouth. They've got plenty to fear from themselves. They've got, if they get themselves right, if they get back to playing optimistically, if they get back to basics with the front people doing what they did before Christmas, it, it, we, we start scoring goals again. They, 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 everything I'm looking for doesn't involve... I have no fear of what Bournemouth will do to us. I just fear what we might do to ourselves. We've got to get back to scoring. Bournemouth are desperately badly off. Um, there's already... The unrest on the terraces with a section of the punters wanting Gary O'Neill to go. Um, he hasn't won again since he got the job as we, uh, permanently, as we've said. Um, you know, but that's their problems, not our problems. The one thing for certain is they'll have a they'll have a go because they've won. And there has been signs in some of that play recently that they haven't played as badly as the result sounds. For example, I think. Brighton, not Brighton, they are a very bright side, literally. And um, 87 minutes before they got a breakthrough to beat them 1 0. So, you know, it's not going to be a matter, they won't lie down, they're not in total disarray. And um, But we've got to solve our own problems. And the team sheet and the way we go about it up top is what's going to interest me. And that will determine whether it's a draw or whether it's a win, because I can't see Bournemouth. Okay, your uh, usual result prediction at the end of the show. I just want to show you this picture, John. Um, now, this yep. is uh, a collage made up of uh, the celebrations against Everton this time last year, actually on this day in 2022. This was a 3-1 victory Newcastle had over Everton at St. James's Park. Um, and we can see Jake Murphy, Martin Dubravka celebrating at full time, anyhow celebrating full time, and, and Chris Wood uh, celebrating during the game. This is the game that took Newcastle out of the bottom three for the first time uh, since September last season, and they didn't return. And I, I just wanted to show you because you know it, we've come on here, we're talking about Newcastle drawing four of the last five things, not quite going as well as they had done in the earlier part of the season. And I just I just think this is a nice kind of image, a nice kind of throwback to this time last year to say we're there. Let's just remember the mess that Newcastle were in 12 months ago. And, you know, let's look at the positives that we are facing, that we are enjoying right now, one year on. Oh, without a shadow of doubt, that seems like it's, it's from a, another decade. Um you know, when when you look at that, you, you've got Murphy who doesn't get in the side regularly. You've got Jabroka who never gets in the side. And you've got Chris Wood who I've forgotten about. And, and I think Nottingham Forest have forgotten about him. Um, it, 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 it's a totally different world and we are grateful. We haven't stopped being grateful. You know, if you care and you want your side to do even better, that doesn't mean you're ungrateful. It just means you care. And, and you know they're capable of, of doing a little bit better than they're doing at the moment. But as I said to you, when it comes to the end of the season, whether we finish third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or dare I whisper seventh, whether we've won the League Cup or we've, won, we've beaten finalists, 
I will still say thank you after the season you've just shown Ned that we've had a season like this. But I still want it. Can you imagine if it, we end the season and we've won the League Cup and we, we, we're fourth in, in the Champions League? I sure. And that's not fantasy island anymore. That's a possibility. Mm, so let's go for it. One hundred Um, I've just put into the comments there the link to where you can pre-order our Wembley special pullout. Uh, it's with the printers as we speak. So if you've already pre-ordered it, it should be arriving at your door, I think, over the next couple of days. Uh, John has done a lot of work. A lot of John's articles are in this pullout. Um, I've done an interview with Tommy Craig, the last uh, Newcastle United captain of a League Cup final, which was back in 1976 when John was just a young man. Uh, there's plenty of other exclusive interviews and content in this pullout. So do uh, click that link and get yours ordered. John, did you enjoy putting uh, putting this together? They are absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's wonderful because I put it together with the thought that if Newcastle win, this will lie in everybody's um, wardrobe, in the back of the wardrobe, for the rest of time. People in 60 years' time will be singing, oh, Grandad left this, look at it, you know, there it is. And it, it will become part of, if Newcastle folklore shows, you know, I'm just praying that we'll manage to make that last step. Having been there 74, 76, 98, 99, I want us to win. I'm so thrilled we're there. But it's just another one, isn't it? It, it just becomes five matches at Wembley since we won. And I want with a win. But it's fascinating, it's wonderful, and it's terrific to be part of it. Uh, and to have, um, to have Newcastle in the final against Manchester United. Wonderful. But let's win it and let's stay in the top four in the league. And that means winning at Bournemouth. Certainly does. Um, so a question was there saying, can I get one in America? You can worldwide ship it is available. So no matter where you are, you can get that delivered to your door. Now, um, let us talk about some big news today. And that is the story that Newcastle United have uh, gone out and bought Strawberry Place. That was the land the club did own. It was sold under the previous owner to developers. Um, but the big story today is that Newcastle United have gone out and bought it. Now, I've just put the story in the comments there. Um, big, big news, John, because all the talk away from the pitch you know, this year um, has all been about how Newcastle United can go about dealing with the massive demand that there is for tickets. You know, the semi-final second leg, I logged on to see if I could get a ticket for my dad, and I, I was 23-something thousand in the queue, which is absolutely mind-blowing, you know. The queue is often bigger than most uh, Premier League clubs' actual capacity. It, it's it's absolutely crazy. 20,000 get into Bournemouth on Saturday. Exactly. And it's clear something needs to be done. The owners are aware of the situation. They're aware that, you know, there's such a big, big demand. And it was thought that expanding the Gallagher would not be uh, something they could do because that land has been sold. Now, this land has been bought back. Now, there's no confirmation about what will happen. But people are automatically assuming that in, in due course, something will happen. And maybe the Gallagher is the, the thing that's going to be expanded. I mean, without knowing what their plans are, um, you know, it's just it's it's just great news to have that land back under club ownership. I, I guess is the first place to start. 
with the, no question about that. It was an absolute disgrace that that land was sold off by the previous owner because, quite, quite frankly, that showed a total disregard for St James's Park. A hundred and thirty years of football at St James's Park. It is the cathedral on the hill, as Bobby Robson rightly called it. It is our spiritual home. And it was like selling off some of the crown jewels to sell. What we were doing selling that? Just wanted to make a few bucks. Because that's what Newcastle United were, a money-making machine. Now it's a football club again. And I find it terrific. I mean, I wouldn't, I never would have thought that we would have been capable of buying it back, i.e., you know, the, the people that bought it would allow us to buy it back. Um, it is wonderful. In whatever they do with it, whether it ends up as a fan park or whether it eventually becomes a fan park short-term and long-term, some of the rebuilding to make the ground bigger, they're exploring every way to increase the capacity of St. James's Park. There's one thing for certain, it's a huge step in the right direction, getting that, that plot of land back as Newcastle United's. It was always Newcastle, and it should be Newcastle United, and it was given away for a few um, gold coins. So, you know, it is good it's back, and we await the the official confirmation of what's going to happen to it, both short-term and long-term, but it'll be for the benefit of the club, and if it's for the benefit of the club, it's for the benefit of us, the Geordie supporters. It, it's a massive game change, isn't it? Because, you know, we've looked here at the Chronicle and done plenty of stories on it. I've spoken to our text about what, what Castle could possibly do. And it just, it, it, you know, the more and more he spoke to people, he, it just seemed the end goal, and, and, you know, this is just for me speaking to, to, to experts, is that if you really wanted to expand, you probably would have to move move from the site, which nobody wants to do. The owners have come out and said it would be like ripping the, the soul out of the club. I suddenly, certainly wouldn't want to move, you know. The, no something special about it, but it just seemed like everywhere you turned, it was either going to be really expensive to do something and you're not really going to get that much expansion. But here they've got the land and you, you, you know, in guarantee the best people will be looking at it along with the club and saying, well, this is what we'll do. This is what we'll do. And it, it's, it's going to be an exciting way to see what happens. Really, I mean, really the want. wonderful thing, Andrew, is this club is, is growing on every level. It's growing on the pitch with the first team in Marseille that this season. It's growing in the academy with it being totally revamped and we're starting to get good young players into it. It's growing with the training ground. It's growing with St. James's Park itself. It's growing with getting this land. These owners, you would almost think that, you know, they're taking too much on. They're not. Too much on in one go. It because they're not just saying, let's look after the team first, and then after we've done that, we'll look at the ground, and after we've done that. They're, they're revamping everything immediately. The first team, the academy, the training ground, St. James's Park, etc., etc. Wonderful, wonderful, because these things take time, but we are doing them at breakneck speed. But Mark has just written to say today has been a good day to be a Geordie, and and that's probably the bigger point as well, isn't it, John? That it's another sign that the owners, they get it. They get how important that cathedral on the hill is. They you know, they get um, you know, how important it is to fans to remain at St. James' Park. Because again, you know, it, 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 you could say one thing and then do another thing. But 
Every, didn't, didn't the other thing. Didn't the other guy do that? Say one yeah. thing, do the other thing. But everything uh, that the owners today seem to do, they, they follow through on their promises and they seem to get what's important to the fan base. And, you know, this, buy this piece of land back, is so important to so many fans because to them, and again, we wait for official confirmation on, on what will happen, but to them... It just seems another, you know, it seems to secure Sir James's Park, Sir James's Park's future as the whole Newcastle yeah. football. Yeah, it's a wonder, it's a wonderful, wonderful piece of news. And then, but at the moment with Newcastle, the news is all good, and and our expectations have gone high because we've never been able to think beyond the equation table. I mean, if we sort of the tenth in the table in the old days. We'd get nosebleed because we'd be that high. In in now, it's a different ball game completely, and it is. This club is becoming the sort of football club Geordies ought to have, with their dedication, their numbers, thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands, and at long last, it's been treated in the way that it ought to be, and and that is terrific news. Long may it last, and that's why we want to win it. On Mountain, we want to beat Liverpool, and we want to beat Manchester United because, and we care about our club. We know it's capable of doing those things, and um, we've waited long enough. So let's be a little bit greedy. Mm. Yeah, um, I think um, the fan part idea is something that you could see happening as well. Downhills has. A bit of history of that with what he did over in the United States, you know, and it'd be interesting to see how that will work out. You know, but you imagine stalls and then places you can, you can buy food and drink and, you know, merchandise, you know, going and having a nice time, bouncy castles and stuff before the game, giving you a, a welcome. It's a bouncy castle, it's in James's Park, and Newcastle are now a bouncy castle. <laughs> I think uh, we could host a little live event, John, if you want a bouncy castle. I'm sure the front guys would love to see that. And um, I'm, I'm, go, I'm going over to the Bouncy Castle, me, you, and little Miggy, and uh, we'll have a bit of fun on that. Definitely. When he's, he can have his little winner's medal on from the cup, uh, because it's going to score the little Why not? And just finally as well, this is an interesting little note. So Keith Dowdy of Sky Sports uh, was at a live event na- uh, last night for the True Face uh, fancy, and he, he's told the crowd there that... Uh, you know, he's now tweeted about it, so I'm going to just... Sorry about that. There we go, guys. Sorry, I'm not sure what happened there. Good gracious me, Andrew. What, where have you been, my son? Have you been looking for that bouncy castle or something? I, I, yeah, I've been looking just through the applications for the Miguel Amiron fan club. I got a little bit slowed under, but I'm back. Don't worry about that. Um, unfortunately, my green screen has also died on us. But alas, we'll continue, because what I was saying there... Did you hear what I was saying? No. Joel? Right. Okay. We're back. So I was just mentioning the fact that uh, Keith Dowdy from Sky Sports has reported that there's some there's been some documentary filmmakers at St James's Park and following Newcastle around uh, for an Amazon documentary, four part documentary covering uh, the club. Uh, as Keith says, the series will chart the club on its own as as they attempt to win a trophy and qualify for the Champions League. So that's going to be quite interesting. We've seen it with Tottenham. We've seen it with Arsenal going to be quite interesting. Yes, it, it, it is. I hope it's done with dignity and um, not the way it was done at Sunderland, for example. 
Um, you know, it, it it's very interesting. But uh, if you're a jury, you, you want to watch it with a little bit trepidation because you don't want it to be silly or whatever. But, uh, oh, it would have some viewing figures up here, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yep, definitely would do. I've just got Eddie back there on the green screen. So I'm I'm sorry we disappeared there. I'm not really sure what, what happened. Maybe we'd we'd uh, we'd talk too much and the internet wasn't having it. But um I hope you enjoyed the show. This has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. Uh, John, all that remains to be done is as usual, I want your result prediction for Saturday evening against Bournemouth. Well, I'm taking a, a hard earned victory uh, by a single goal margin. I'm very, very tempted, Andrew, to say that Newcastle will draw because then they might win. And I've said Newcastle will win for the last five weeks and they've drawn. And did give me abuse. You give me a bit of abuse on last week when I said they would draw against West Ham. Well, yes, because it was negative thinking. And um, well, with, this with, with Nearing in the side, you should have been telling us he would score the winner. But uh, I'm reassured that he's going to score the winner at Bournemouth against Liverpool and in the cup final. So I feel a lot, lot better for that. But um, yeah, I, I mean, Newcastle won't lose. It, it's whether they can score the goals to win. And um, that has been a concern. I mean, the only reason I've kept saying they'll win and you said they would draw last week and you were right is because I just had a feeling that Newcastle must start scoring again because they're a better team than that. I mean, it's also the drawn with it home when you think about them drawn with Bournemouth in the, in, in the league, by the way, at all. We've drawn three times with Crystal Palace this season, not, not two at all. We've drawn with Leeds at home. We've drawn with West Ham at home. They're not good sides. They, you know, that's not drawn with Arsenal, Man City, Man United and somebody else. So... I'm looking for that breakthrough. I said it, Newcastle will win if they take care of their own business. Not, It's not, Bournemouth won't decide the result. Newcastle United will decide the result. We'll either draw yet again a win, and surely this time it'll be a win. I'm going for a win. Newcastle didn't win. I think Bournemouth is that poor than Newcastle. Win, and Almiron will score, of course. A double. A double in assist. It's going to be an Al one special Saturday. You you heard it here first, ladies and gents. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to fill in my time between now and kickoff. I'm not excited. Well said. Uh, no, you'll, you'll be filling in that application, John, in no time. Um, Sean says he's going to go for a 2-0 win. Dan says a 2-0 win as well. Darren says he's going for a draw, but he's hoping that. I can understand that, Darren. And Rogers going for 4-0. So whatever Rogers has on his cornflakes this morning, serve me up a dish of that as well, because um, that is an optimistic shout. But we do appreciate you guys tuning into Everything is Black White Podcast. Big thanks to John, as usual, for joining on the match preview. Uh, I just want to also point you in the direction of uh, an event in London for Wembley weekend. We will take the podcast out on the road. Uh, two venues we've got. So if you just look out on the Chronicle Twitter and my Twitter as well over the next couple of days, I'm going to tell you guys where you can find me, Lee, Ryder, Aaron Stokes and Q and Kelly. will be taking a couple of mics down and talking all things Newcastle night on the Saturday in a couple of pubs. One in King's Cross and one in Covent Garden all being well. So look out for the details on that um, in the next couple of days. We hope to see you guys there. 
Um, but yeah, once again, thank you to you, Joe, for popping onto the pod. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk, everyone, to keep you deep with all the latest and the news and enjoy the rest of your week. Cheers.